a model to follow. Tomorrow at 9 a.m. we begin 24-hour confession. And a couple years ago I was talking to uh, this chaplain, Newman Center chaplain from Oklahoma State, um, a friend of Father Dan's as well, um, and I was telling him we were catching up and he's like, oh you're doing 24-hour confession? Wow, I'm gonna do it. And then like two days later he called me and he's like, I did that and I'm exhausted. <laughs> you know, like, and he's like, that was a great idea you had. And I was like, that wasn't my idea. I actually heard it from a different Newman Center chaplain, and it's something that the church does. In the year of mercy, the church kind of did that universally. And, and even when you think of like St. John Vianney, he would hear confessions for like 12 plus hours every day. So it's not a new idea, but it's a model that I saw that I thought was effective, and I want to follow it. In our first reading, we hear the Lord give to the people the Passover. And for every year since that time, the Jewish people would gather and take the lamb and pour out its blood and remember how the Lord brought forgiveness for sins. But it's interesting, in, in the Jewish notion of remembrance, this memorial feast, that it is to, to remember is to make that moment present or to be present to that moment. So uh, if you've been to a Seder meal, there's a part where the youngest son, the youngest boy at a certain point says, Father, what makes this night different from every other night? He goes, well, tonight's the night in which the Lord frees us from slavery. And so, so that Night, that event is made present now. And actually, in a few minutes, we're going to hear in the Eucharistic prayer, uh, for this night alone, during the year, it says, you know, and on that night, that is today, that, that we are made present to that event. And so Jesus gathers to celebrate, to remember the model, the example given to the Israelites from the Lord to, to celebrate how the Lord is freeing them from slavery by pouring out the blood over them. And on this night, Jesus offers himself as the new Passover lamb who pours out his blood so that as the disciples take his blood and receive it, that just like the Israelites protected by the blood of the Lamb, that now all who are protected by the blood of the new Lamb, Jesus Christ, find freedom from slavery. And so every time we come to Mass, we're remembering that. We're following the example of what Jesus gave us. We're, we're receiving the gift of his blood poured over us to give us freedom from slavery, to bring us healing, to give us strength in our journey. And so during the gospel we're given, it's interesting that this Last Supper, that if, if Jesus is to give the Eucharist, his body and blood, to his people, he needs priests to be able to make that offering. 
Jesus, who is the great high priest, in a sense, he's, he's commissioning, he's instituting the priesthood this night so that his people, his flock, would never be without his body and blood. Now, you hear that, and it's like, wow, that's what, what a, what a honor, what a gift, what a, what a power that's been entrusted to them. I was uh, meeting with a student in the last week. You know, I think there's a lot of students doing cultural projects and things right now because I've been getting a lot of emails. Um, and so he said, he's like, I'm, I'm, I want to learn about the culture that is Catholic. I was like, okay, yeah, let's talk. Um, <laughs> and so he says, you know, and at a certain point he said, you know, because you're a priest. And so I wonder if people like look at you and they're like, wow, this, this is a man of like power. And I was like, I, I don't know. I, I hope not. I think there's a perception out there that, oh, um, you know, priests, they're the ones with the power. When, when really, what, what is the, why, why do we have, this night kind of shows, why, why do we just ordain men in the Catholic faith? Because we're following the model given to us by Jesus. That of all his disciples, he, he, he named 12 apostles. And he, he makes them his priests. And when Judas is gone, they, they commission, they, they ordain Matthias. That they're following what Jesus gave them, and we're following what they've handed down to us. We're trying to just be faithful to that. And, and, and hypothetically say one day we get to heaven, and the Lord's like, you know, in the year 1994, you know, when there was a big movement, you know, that I wanted you to start ordaining women. And we're going to say, Lord, we're sorry we, we missed that. We were just trying to be faithful to what you gave us. And if we are faithful to what you've given us, we think we are safe under that protection. That if we follow the example, if we receive your precious blood and body, that we want that to be our safety, that to be our salvation. And so he, he said to the, and so anyway, so back to this conversation. So he's like, is this, is it about power? I was like, I hope, I hope not. I said, I said, we're going to see in the next few days tonight that when Jesus institutes his priesthood, that he, he shows them what the priesthood is all about. And he takes off his outer garment and he gets on his knees and he washes their dusty feet. What, a, what an act of, of service and love. And he says, as I have done for you, so you must do for others. That the, the priesthood is, is not about power and authority. The priesthood is, is about getting on our knees every day. The priesthood is about getting our hands dirty so that other people can know the love of Jesus Christ. That's what this day starts. And and I couldn't help but in just reflecting on this past year that what happens when priests don't live that way? It's scandalous. When priests abuse power, when priests abuse people, it steals faith, it loses, the, the church loses confidence, and the world is confused about what Jesus is all about. But, but praise be Jesus Christ that in every generation, that in the darkest times, the Lord calls forth new saints, new people to rise up, 
to give an example of, of sanctity and, and holiness. That I, I actually, I kind of praise God. Whenever, whenever stuff comes to light, I've learned, it's kind of like confession. Maybe it's hearing confessions as a priest. Whenever stuff comes out and people are like, I feel so ashamed. I just feel so bad that this dark thing's coming out. I just want to like rejoice. I'm like, praise God, it's in the light. Because in the light is where healing can happen. In the light is where freedom happens. And so I want it all to come out. I mean, I want, yeah, it's like, I don't want to wait till it gets dragged out. Like, bring it to the light. That's, we bring it to confession. And, and I need purity. I need cleansing. Our church needs cleansing and purity. And, and I can't control that, but I can control this. Until one day when we all stand before the Lord, made white in the blood of the Lamb. And I don't have to wait for that day. That I can choose to receive the blood of the Lamb today. I've been taken up recently with the, the story of the French priest Isaac Jogues. He's one of our American, North American saints. And it was in the 1600s that he chose to leave France to come to serve. They go, there's people in America that don't know Jesus. And so are you willing to let go of your family and everything you know and own to go to this new place so that people can know the love of Jesus Christ? And he said, sign me up. And so he fell in love with the Native American peoples. He was working with the Iroquois and the Huron, these different tribes. And, um, but people, there was a lot of misunderstanding. And so at a certain point, he was um, captured with some other people. And uh, the people who captured him were pretty ruthless in their tortures. They would like hurt them. And then they would, it said like the next day, wherever they hurt them the day before, they would just poke them there again. And um, for whatever reason, they would like gnaw their fingers uh, to the point where his thumb, somebody bit his thumb off. Um, and so for the next year, he was captured and tortured. And there was one particular day in which he was, it says that he was hanging on a wooden plank, left for dead. And one of the Native Americans had compassion on him and caught, uh, cut him down. Later on, um, St. Isaac Jogues baptized that same person and made him a Christian. I mean, he wanted to become a Christian. Well, after about a year, he had an opportunity, and somebody, um, somebody's like, here, get in here. And they, they, they took him. They said, You're, we're getting you out of here. <laughs> you know. Um, and so he escaped. He went back to France, and he was there for a year or two. And then he's like, I know what's going to happen to me if I go back there. But my Lord, my Savior, Jesus Christ, gave me a model to follow. That he was not afraid of suffering and death. That he was motivated by love for his people. And that's what I'm motivated by. So out of love, he chose to come back to those same peoples to help more of them come to know Christ. Uh, and in 1646, he was killed. They say that the, the, the person, the man who killed him with a tomahawk, later converted and was baptized and took the name Isaac Jones. That it took his death for this person to come to know Christ, and he said, I'd have it no other way. 
He chose not to run from the people he loved, but he gave himself completely for them, modeled after the master. That's what we're called to do. We're called to model our life off of Jesus Christ crucified, who pours himself out in love for us. But it's, it's a love that I cannot do on my own strength. If, 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 I'm, if I'm trying to do it on my own strength, then it's going to become one of these things where I say, I know I should, but... I know I'm, I'm supposed to fast, but... I know I'm supposed to go to Mass, but... What the, all that means is I'm doing it because I'm supposed to, not because I want to, and because the love of Christ has captured my heart, and I want to love as he loved. I want to live as he lived. I want to pour out my blood as he poured out his blood. There's a story Father Dan Keneally liked to tell about uh, St. Polycarp. St. Polycarp was a disciple of John the Evangelist. And as John got older, he died, we believe, of natural causes. Polycarp said to John, John, why? You, you always talk about love. Why do you always talk about love? And John smiled and looked at him and said, because the master did. You and I are disciples of a master who loves us, who pours out his life for us. A love that pours out, not counting the cost. And if our world is going to come to know Jesus and his truth and his goodness, and it is his love, it'll be because there are disciples who follow the model of the master.